Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. We are out of the frying pan and into the fire of WWE Clash at the Castle, ladies and gentlemen. Roman Reigns has retained the undisputed WWE Is there anything you want to say to me, Alfred? Anything we were having you want to a, say a bit me? of a heated discussion before we went on now the that air. We are, about... Now that we are live, Alfred, is there anything you would like to say to me, given the, number, the, the conversation we had last night? huh? The number one Roman Reigns fan, Issa, is excited about Roman Reigns winning. We are with the founder himself, Raj Giri of Wrestling Inc. Wait, figure Raj, if you will. And <laughs> before we even go any further, Issa, the floor is yours. I just want to say, I, I don't have the accent, okay? I tried it, <laughs> so I'm going to tell it to you en español, okay? Te lo dije. I told you so. I have nothing else to say. Was there ever a doubt? Zero doubt. I said it week after week. Roman is not losing to Drew McIntyre. And Alfred was like, oh, I don't know. They're building him up. They're building him up to what? Because he's at home? Nobody deserves to win a title because they're at home. I'm at home right now. Somebody crowned me. No, that's not how it works, Alfred. Is there a belt in your room over there? I believe you do have a championship belt in there. So somebody did crown <laughs> it's still you in my, It's still in my New York place. I got to uh, get it. I got to get it. <laughs> so yeah, that would be the I same got thing. got one over here. <laughs> I've got a fantasy football championship, one of 12. I guess two dynasty continues this year, me and fantasy football, and then Roman Reigns, of course. Raj, how do you feel about Roman Reigns retaining his title in the United Kingdom? So I think, again, to Issa's point, I don't think he, he should drop the title just because it's his hometown. And the point I was making, like... If you book Roman versus Sami Zayn in Canada, even though Sami Zayn's going to get a huge reaction, it, it's just not the right move yet. And I, I just think there's so much equity in beating Roman right now that it should be to the next megastar, like the next person really on the rise. And I'm not saying Drew isn't that guy yet. Um, I just don't think he's quite, I am. quite there. Like, like, uh, like Cody, him. you know, Roman Cody beat felt him like, like five times on pay-per-view. Like, this is not it. It's not it. Yeah. And, you know, Cody, he was getting there. And if he can sustain that momentum, he might be the guy. But I just feel like it's just, it's just too big of a deal to, to take the title off of Roman. And it should be the right business decision to build a star as opposed to just doing it to make the fans happy uh, for, for one night. Well, looking at this pay-per-view and the way that it was constructed, if I was to look at it in hindsight on the way that it was, no, I guess Drew McIntyre winning on this show, which they really didn't do much of, wouldn't be much. But if you saw Principality Stadium and how this crowd was behind them and how throughout the show they're building it up and they're showing you, remember in 1992, the last time we were here, it was one of the greatest moments ever. Can you imagine this crowd if that happened? And they were a thousand percent behind Drew McIntyre. They could have presented this moment. And let's not compare this to a Sami Zayn. I don't feel like that's the parallel <laughs> here because Sami Zayn is not promoted as somebody who could potentially go to Kevin a Owens. world championship. They did not show week after week Sami Zayn video package of how he could win and they did yeah, not build but, him up in a new era Owens? the way Triple H has in the Triple H era. Yeah. I would agree with that. In With Kevin Owens in Montreal, I would actually advocate the same exact thing. I'd keep that same energy. If they built up mm. Kevin Owens as a world title contender, 
and face him off against Roman Reigns, that could be a good moment. Now, I agree with you with Cody. I, as a Cody Group supporter, Cody's my number one. I think that's a good news for me coming out of this is that Cody Rhodes now still has that potential spot. I do agree with the idealistic idea of, yeah, let's make a new guy. But Drew McIntyre is the guy right now that is the full-time guy. And I do think that this was a show, the way they sold the tickets, this was kind of like a WrestleMania atmosphere. This would have been the level of show to do something, but this show with this historic crowd, the return after 30 years will be remembered for nothing because they really didn't pull the trigger on anything. I thought this was the best crowd for a WWE show mm -hmm. in- I agree. Since I, agree. I, I can't yeah. even think yeah. of when. Like when well, you let have- me, Let me tell you something, Alfred. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say, while the crowd was behind Drew McIntyre, they were behind Drew McIntyre solely because he was from there. When Roman came out, as they were booing him, you saw all of the thousand lift their ones up in the air while they're booing him because it's the right thing to do because they're in Cardiff. They're still acknowledging. Like, Roman Reigns, is, he's not going anywhere. And another thing that I said on my stream, go subscribe to my channel, is that I don't see Roman dropping his title before the Usos. If the Usos drop the tag titles, then I can see it happening. But there is in no metaverse why I see Roman Reigns coming out with no titles and the Usos having titles. It just makes no sense. I well, they did yeah. have their ones up, but they were not putting their first fingers up. But they were, because they booed <laughs> Roman Reigns like it was 2015. He got booed out of this Oh, they were acknowledging. They I mean, were acknowledging. You know, the same people that say, oh, it's 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 boring that Roman never loses or whatever, are the same people that complain that you change titles too often. You know. Uh, <laughs> you can't it, make it, everybody happy. Yeah. Except it, for it, me. It, I'm very It happy. should be a big deal. Uh, and, you know, when you build a Mike Tyson, when he gets beat, that's a huge deal. Uh, when you had Ronda Rousey finally lose, that was a gigantic deal. And uh, when Roman loses, it should be a huge deal. I, I would like to contend this might not be popular. It would have been a big deal on a show of this scale, on the fact that they could have said over 62,000 people saw it. It could have been the new. We still see that British Bulldog roller. It's got its own legacy where it's that pinfall. So even though it didn't happen, had it happened here, I do think it would have been that big deal. What I liked about this match is that it was an unpredictable Roman Reigns title match. That is my beef with this feud is that as great as they've done with the character, as great a job as they've done with the bloodline and all these intricacies have they really delved into it it's very compelling but when you get to a lot of these roman reigns title matches you don't see a way where he could lose i absolutely saw a way he could lose and that made it one of the most fun roman reigns title matches i've seen i thought it was very good a missed opportunity for him winning but i get it i completely get it in that context and i hope they can learn from this and make it seem more convincing when somebody goes after him outside of being in their own home country you know what's interesting with bulldog brett is a lot of people forget that the the real main event on tv building up to that SummerSlam was Savage and the Warrior. Yeah. That was the main event. And, you know, since they were in the UK, they ended up going last and had such a memorable match that even though Savage and, War Savage and Warrior is completely forgotten. And uh, You know what's funny about that match? You guys talk about, oh, he shouldn't win just because he's in his home country. The only reason British Bulldog won that match is because he was in his own country. Bret Hart has told me personally this story about British Bulldog was very out of shape. He hadn't wrestled in months. Bret, Bret Hart pretty much carried him to that match. And then they and went with British Bulldog. And it was a huge reaction. And it's one of those things that they still talk about. Is there a historic it, title it was a reign that he ended? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, did he end a historic two-year-plus title reign? With that I mean, one? I'd have been fine if he was. I would have been, it would have been but a he didn't, moment. though. But he didn't. This is There's something bigger at stakes here. If Roman was putting, I will tell you one thing. If Roman only had the WWE title, which he only won at WrestleMania, maybe, maybe, but not the Universal Championship that he's held for this long. It's just not right. And Alfred, to that, to, to the bulldog analogy, uh, it was it was an awesome moment. Yes, we remember it, but 
did he seem like he was a uh, world title picture a week later or two weeks later or, or, or a month later? Again, a great moment. Like we can do in the context of what happened after what happened after a lot of people get twisted what happened with the Austin 316 promo and thought he was a star the next day. There's a lot of inaccuracy, yeah, but that was still a great moment. Austin was not a star the week after 316, not two weeks after 316. But, it really took yeah. a, a, an uphill climb. So yeah, not immediately and Bulldog did not work out as a world title contender. My only point was on a show of this magnitude where you would think they would put a stamp on it, given the history behind Clash of the Castle, there really wasn't any stamp whatsoever put on this show. Uh, I, I thought this was the best WWE pay-per-view, a PLE, whatever you call it. Um, yeah, in the moments, but 30 years from now, what are they going to be showing? Oh, that's right. You guys remember when Dominic Mysterio turned heel? Oh, God. Are, are we doing what's best for the story or just something that we show a clip of 30 years from now? And Sure. It could be all of the above. Two things can yeah. be true. They, they yeah. could, If they are competent, which I believe they are now with Triple H, I have faith in the Triple H era. So if they had gone with Drew McIntyre, he'd have something set up, whether it's an open challenge, whether it's carrying cross, whether it's building people to come after him, he'd have something to make this interesting. Being interesting is on them just as much as it is creating a moment and following up. If Drew would have won, they would have had him just lose it back to Roman. Um, you know, he's not the guy right now. And, um, you know, he, he again, awesome reaction here. Of course, he's in his home country and everything. But you watch SmackDown and everything. It's not like th- this larger than life, oh, you know, superstar coming out. It's a it's a guy that people like. Yeah, I've been saying it. I've been saying it, Raj, because um and 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 it's no offense to Drew. I think when you go into 2020, regardless of pandemic or not, going into WrestleMania, you knew Drew was beating Brock Lesnar. He was being built to beat Brock Lesnar. That's not what we built here. We built built him in like two weeks. He was in, in very pointless feuds with Baron Corbin somewhere in the middle of the card of night one of WrestleMania. He fought what Matt Cap Moss before that. He got eliminated at the Rumble by Brock Lesnar just to destroy everything that we built back in 2020 this year. Drew McIntyre is not built to be the guy that ends this ring. And to me, if you put so much into a project, to this Roman Reigns project, two years in the building, you just don't don't give it all away just to create a moment at a at a pay-per-view that nobody's gonna remember unless Drew McIntyre goes on to have this crazy title ring, which he won't. He won't. And, we and, don't know that. And not to and keep WWE bringing up the same copy. point over and over, oh, but Cody, if Cody is that guy, when he comes back, if he stays that over, where he did come across like a larger than life star. If he could stay that over, he should be the guy that beats Roman. Hundred um, percent. But and, but and and it weakens it if Roman lost to someone else, then want yeah, it back. And then get it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Roman we gets pinned, it needs to be a huge deal. It's it still does a big deal, but it, it weakens it. We say that I know it is still a big deal. We say that, but there's such short term memory and the ability of there's wrestling. no short term memory. I'm gonna tell you something is- about short term memory, Alfred. I don't have short term memory. And Drew McIntyre has lost to Roman Reigns on pay per view since WrestleMania 35. Why will he beat him this one time? Because he got the home crowd light. I know, no, it doesn't but- matter. It doesn't matter. No. The way the crowd reacted to Drew McIntyre tonight is emblematic of this being short-term memory because if that was something that they would have held against Drew McIntyre, sure, all they had to do was for the last month be like, he's coming to Cardiff, and these people were 100% on board. They had not given up faith in Drew McIntyre at all. And WWE is a copycat type of fan base to where if they see this huge superstar with people showering him with, oh, Drew McIntyre, it don't seem cool to cheer Drew McIntyre. This could have been a momentum. It, Absolutely would have been a momentum changer for Drew McIntyre. But by doing this and beating him again in a big spot, I mean, that's pretty much what Drew McIntyre is known for. This is very sim- been ha- similar to him losing for, for the day. at Hell in a Cell. 
Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Sorry about no, that. Go ahead. Um, it would have been a happy ending for the day, but when you're telling the best story, I don't think that would have been the best thing for the story. Sure. The and best we'll never thing know that. Is Roman losing to the first time in years to the person that is really the guy. And sure. Again, and, and, like I said, I think Cody, Cody so far appears like he'll he will be. We uh, the, still the, gotta wait. The second, and and I'm sorry, I know we're getting to the pay-per-view and the actual matches <laughs> one by one, but the second that Drew McIntyre came out, he looked defeated. There was no confidence he there. The did. second he walked out, you knew he was gonna lose right then and there. Like you knew it. Drew you had know. a little bit of a boo-boo face and he didn't walk out with a kill. He did, yeah. No yeah. Oh, you saw it. His body, his his body like language was I knew it. I was like, oh, he's really he's losing. Yeah. And I say one thing, I know I get we'll get into it. There was a couple of finishes in there that I saw it all in. Like I walked towards the line. I was like, oh my God, they're doing this. There was some crazy kickouts in these matches. But if I put aside everything that we talked about, as soon as I saw him walk out and the energy that he was given, it was over. I knew it. No, I so just Alfred, saw yeah, with these super chats are, for him and he, he looked at the start? crowd like I'm no, I'm not starring him. Are they I'm seeing them come in. I can star him though. Okay, yeah, if you don't mind starring him, just yeah, so I'll definitely star him. We'll get to your super chats, everybody. We yeah. see them all coming in. We'll definitely get to them. Let us know if there's any that we skip over, but I am currently starring them. But no, I, I will say that I did notice a bit of a body language shift. Like these people were going crazy for Drew. And instead of kind of seeming like proud, there were points where it just seemed like he was looking at them like you guys, uh, nothing I can do about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly the energy I got from that entrance. Yeah, because I thought it was one of two things when he was walking out. I, I'm like, either he's losing or he's so overwhelmed that he he's just has a boo-boo face. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it turned out to be the uh, the former. Yep. Let's get into some of these super chats. Started with friend of the show, Kelvin Alexander, for $5. <laughs> totally looking out for Issa to run in during the Roman versus Drew match. It, it's going to happen one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call I'll, I'll call uh eight figures rush to bail me out. Yeah, I know he got I know he got the money, so I'll be like, boss. <laughs> and that's yeah. from investing. Uh, just to I'm looking at what else to do next. So we'll get those eight figure bail bonds going. Uh, Issa will be out by the next show. She'll tell us all about it. 199 is Issa, make them acknowledge you. Oh, she she's got the hat on and everything. I got the lay, I got the lay, I got everything. And totally agreed. We will get into this. They put Solo yes. in a great spot. They Loved debuted it. him. That Loved was how it. they had the out. I, I saw for... some people like upset that Bray Wyatt didn't show up. And it's like, you can't yeah, you get cannot. upset for something that's not advertised. They yeah. were already hinted Sasha at Sasha and Naomi is another one that a lot of people expected that didn't happen. I just think it's too hard to do a surprise overseas, you know? Oh, yeah. Because um, you're dealing with all the travel. And, and granted, they have a corporate jet. But do you want to go through all that? When you could just do it on Raw, you know, uh, a couple days later. And it's much easier to protect the surprise. Yeah, and you can. I don't know. I thought that one of the things that I really enjoyed about tonight is that they put on a great show. I really enjoyed it. Barely any surprises. Like, there was no returns. They just gave you the card that they advertised, and the show yeah. was enjoyable. Imagine that. What a concept, you know? It, it was just a house show with 60,000 people. So whatever, not, not you what had I expected, but it was pretty good. <laughs> you had the Dominic Heel turn, which was big, in the uh, in that arena. It, it came across awesome. Yeah, it it's Dominic. Yeah, it did. But it did come across great. 
And Solo Sakai, I don't know if you consider that a big surprise. I don't. I don't mm, didn't but really get it, a big uh, reaction. And I, a lot of people who watch NXT, you, uh, you know, 2.0. I love that, but we I watch NXT every week. I was happy for yeah. him. And, yeah. and it made sense. Family, you know, that's the whole concept of the bloodline. And it's always like Roman comes from one of the biggest families in wrestling. Do you think, really think he don't have any tricks to pull out of his sleeve with this humongous family? And there it is. Yeah, let's get into Clash at the House show. Damage Control <laughs> debuted their new name, their new theme. Yes. They're out there. I think it's an upgrade. Dave Bailey's theme, I grew to kind of like it, but this is more hip hop. Uh, it's really good versus Alexa, Asuka, and Bianca. We get great crowd shots. Of mm -hmm. course, kind of the story of this match was the crowd chanting that, hey, Bailey, you know, that chant. Uh, I missed it. Yeah, she used to swoon for that when she was a baby face. One of the best baby faces ever, but as a heel, she's trying to shut it down. She's tagging yeah, in. She and when they start out, she tag out. They would even in the match try to go to a super triple suplex and try to cancel this champ, but like, they're just doing a battle between Bailey, Bailey so and this good. crowd. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. Yeah, so uh, Michael Cole had a great reference to Triple Tales, so he continues to open up the wrestling world to the viewers. And uh, Damage Control, they're basically outsmarting Team Bianca the whole way. That is a story. And they get Bianca Belair into this trap where she eats a kick by Dakota Kai. It's a moonsault by EO Sky. And then Bailey hits her rose plant, beats Bianca Belair clean in the middle. And Damage Control, after really outsmarting Team Bianca, they win. And we're setting up Bailey versus Bianca, Issa. Yeah, I love this match. I love the opening. Love the crowd reaction. I knew it. I was talking about it, uh, about how we were going to hear this Bailey Shane that took me way back to that takeover in London. Uh, I was very shocked at the ending. I thought every woman shining this match, they gave every woman a spot. They gave them a lot of time. This match went on for a while. But overall, I really liked it. And it, it seems to me like Bailey's coming for this Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much called this on Twitter before the match. I was like, Bailey gets the win here. Uh, because I think Bianca has been has not had like a, a good feud in a while. And, you know, a good singles feud. And Bailey is the best person right now uh, to do that with. So I think uh, I think Bailey versus Bianca, that's, you know, that's that's money. But Bianca, Bianca is so good. Bailey is uh, just when she's on, she's just the best. And so I think this is going to be a a fun feud we get yeah i thought this was a good match they pretty much did everything they could a good way to open it great chance for bailey this really gave you a feel for what this crowd was going to be so i yeah. liked how they opened with this bianca match. with her press land you know uh, when she presses oh, yeah. people it's just so she's just so impressive surprised she didn't break out the one arm press slam for this show i think they would have gotten even more <laughs> nothing that. that's just so insane like yeah. uh i showed it to my daughters and they thought it, they were they thought it was cgi and i'm like no <laughs> don't do that <laughs> I mean, there are, are like, some cgi versions of bianca belair's one arm press slam that are memes they're hilarious but that was not no <laughs> yeah yeah and, and yes you, you get you get an assist when you know they're on the top rope and you lift them up but still holding them there that is not easy yeah so yeah, we go backstage, get Tyson Fury and Drew McIntyre. We get him with Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. Tyson Fury just playing the statesman on this show. We'll get into his usage a little later. And then we go to Bret Hart. Alfred, British. Do you follow boxing? I do. I do. Lose. I'm like a casual boxing fan. Used to really, really be into it. But more of the main event scene is what I follow now. Would you say Tyson Fury is the biggest boxing draw right now since uh, Floyd retired? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Pacquiao's not still fighting, right? No, no. He's not. And not in love he was. And he hasn't fought in quite some time, I don't believe. Yeah. But I would say absolutely it's Tyson Fury. Yeah. 
and uh, he, he sells out. I mean, it is very hard getting into bar. It reminds me of when, even though UFC is hot right now, when UFC was at that really hot period in the 2010s when it was hard to get into a bar to watch a UFC show, that's what it's like when Tyson Fury is fighting. Right. And that, that spot they did, which we'll get to, that was just genius, I thought. Yeah, I <laughs> love the, that. Okay. With the Austin theory. That was amazing. Uh, we get Bret Hart and British Bulldogs film. So just teasing you with this moment of what could have been on this show. And uh, they didn't show Bulldogs for Bulldogs family. I think there was some camera snafu, but they didn't show him. Bret Hart gets a massive reaction. And speaking of massive reactions, we get into Seamus versus Gunther. Real, now, quick, real quick, real quick about Bret. Yeah. Um, anytime you see him, it just, it, for me, he's one of those guys, I see him, I'm happy. You know, like he just has that. Uh, that <laughs> I know. Just makes you feel good seeing him. He does. And you know, Brett, I have a little heat with him. He was supposed to he he was supposed to do an interview, a live interview, a few years ago on the site, like uh, canceled literally uh, while we were on the air waiting for him. And then oh, no. uh, a few months later, we we're going to interview him, uh, and we had him and Rick Flair the same day. Rick uh, was late. Call back later. Brett is on the other line, and we can't answer because we're in the middle with Rick. So he hangs up, and then later he's like, I just did an interview with another outlet. I didn't like how it went. I'm not doing any more interviews. What? So just, damn. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, just we, we were never able to get that. You know, I talked to Brett's sons, and, you know, I met Brett, but we were never able to get that interview on the site, which wow. sucks because he's one of, uh, one of my favorites of all time. And a great interview, a very long interview. He's a guy that you kind of want to rein in. He's got a lot of information, but you want to guide it. I had a couple. One of them, he showed up like 45 minutes late, but he still did show up. And, <laughs> and he was great. He might have talked for 45 minutes straight at one point. But, uh, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the goat, Bret Hart. He's great. Yeah, great, 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 Bret Hart. Uh, we get into Seamus versus Gunther. Uh, crowd really behind Seamus. Very interesting during the intros where Ludwig Kaiser's out there. He's bringing back Imperium. Stack very slow. Here comes Giovanni Vinci, the former uh, Eichner, Fabian Eichner. He's back in Imperium. And then he announces Gunther. It's still Gunther. I, I swore they were going to go back to Walter, but it's still Gunther with Imperium. Uh, and surprising to me, I expected at the very least a split reaction, but this is a thousand percent Seamus. I would say Seamus behind Drew McIntyre was the biggest star on the show in terms of people just solidly behind him, wanting him to win. I felt like this is one of those matches where clearly they did have Gunther going over, but I wouldn't have been, uh, I would have been fine if they would have just called in an audible. That's just how behind them they were. They were, it was exactly the match that you expected. The brawling, the first uh, Gunther beats the hell out of Sheamus. And then Sheamus comes back, beats the hell out of Gunther. He's doing the 10 beats of the Baldron on the table, on the apron, on the barricade. And they're beating the hell out of each other. The crowd is going crazy. This is awesome chance. Gunther hits a powerbomb. Sheamus kicks out. Gunther comes back with a lariat, and he wins. This is just the epic, big, meaty men slapping meat that it was advertised as. I think Sheamus' chest was red within minutes of this match, if not seconds. I just thought this was incredible. This is all we could ask for. And really, to me, this set the bar for match of the weekend. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I thought, uh, I thought the crowd was going to be more 50-50. And uh, they, they were really behind Sheamus. And he was probably number two between him and Edge mm -hmm. uh, on the show. It was, uh, it was one of them. But, I, you know, I've always been a story and character guy, right? Uh, where that, to me, is way more important than to... It, it, wrestling is a work. And so when you're really beating the shit out of each other, <laughs> doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? But that being said, I thought this match was just awesome. And, like, 
it, it, it brought me in and uh, it sucked me in. I thought it was great. And um, yeah, it was the right finish. Gunther, I think, should have won. He's on a roll right now. Um, and uh, and Sheamus was just the perfect opponent for him in this case. And I I, I just thought I, I loved everything about it. And Sheamus, uh, also with him being so pale, when, yeah. when, his, when his chest goes red, it's like so uh, stark and like uh, visually impressive. So I mean, he these guys just kicked the shit out of each other. And it was, uh, you know, it was, it was great. Yeah. I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I wanted Seamus to win just because I really just want him to become a grand slam champ. I think he deserves it, but overall this match delivered and he really set the bar. He felt like later on into the night, people were like, okay, that's, that's what we got to live up to. Let's, let's raise the bar because it kept getting, you know, better and better when it came to like, Riddle and Rollins, but I just thought this match was violent and brutal. Big meaty man slapping meat all the way, and um, the the send off at the end. I don't know what that was. It made me very curious about what if that was a moment for Sheamus to have with the crowd or what is going on here. Um, but at the same time, I'm very happy for Gunther. I did want him to come to the main roster and be booked very dominantly, and they're doing that right now. So good for him. But I was rooting for Sheamus here. And yeah, one me of the things too. with one of the things with Sheamus. Uh, because he looks so young is you forget how long he's been around and, and like how long he's just been consistently just performing at, at a, at a high level. You, you never watch a Seamus match and be like, that's, that was the worst match on the show or that, that, that I can, I can't remember the last time that happened. He always busts his ass. Um, he's just, he's kind of underappreciated in a lot of ways. Yeah. And they've been doing this build to the match, which I think has been very good of these two warriors who, you know, you want to see them beat the hell out of each other, but they wouldn't touch. Even when their goons were fighting each other, they just stand there and look. So they did that again to open the match with Fabian Eichner this time. So it's more of an even brawl. And I thought it was great. I thought they did a good job building this match up for exactly what it was and delivering on that. And, uh, you know, again, the flaw, and I think it's a flaw of this whole show. There were a couple of times where they could have pulled the trigger on something that you could remember it for. And even though Gunther's hot right now, they've been telling the story of Seamus. This whole feud has been a rib on Michael Cole, who has to run down Seamus's millions of accomplishments and the fact that he's never won the Intercontinental title, though. So that could have been something that uh, maybe they could have paid off. But I'm fine with this. I like that they've kept Kuther undefeated. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. You mentioned Michael Cole, and I just, he has been so good lately on commentary. Michael Colford. Yeah, I, I just think, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of the the popular thing to say, like, Oh, everything's so much better now without Vince. And but it's like Jesus, it really is. The commentary was better. This show, you had you know finishes for every match, no DQs. Uh, you're not seeing all these repeat matches on Raw and SmackDown every week. Uh, it just it is a lot better right now. And um, and, and granted, WWE is getting hot before Vince was yes. out. Um, but it's hotter now. Like the last month, they're. Three shows of Raw doing over 2 million views, which they never do except after SummerSlam or WrestleMania. So they're on a roll right now. And uh, Triple H is just showing like AEW, you know, uh, beat NXT consistently. But he's showing that when he has actual stars and a roster and uh, and a budget, like a big budget, uh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, Yeah, agreed. 
the fact that he knows what he's doing is why I wouldn't have been worried if Drew McIntyre won because he's be, he'd be in good hands and Triple H would know what to do with that run. But we didn't have to do that. That would have been such a bad decision. <laughs> well, not with Triple H in charge. I think it'd have been fine. Miss Linda and Adrian Street, we get a reference. I could have sworn they just did something on Adrian Street passing away. I was pleasantly surprised to see that he was still alive. Mandela but, uh, effect. Mandela yeah. effect. 100%. Wait, what, what is, is this? Good. This usually happens the other way where you find out somebody passed away, but Adrian right? Street was seen in the crowd, and I was like, I could have sworn that they just did a documentary on him because he had just passed, but it's good to see that he's still with us. It's incredible. I have those where a celebrity will pass away. I was like, oh, that, they were dead. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a Mandela effect. I'm telling you. Mandela effect. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get to a super chat before we get, we'll get, get to a couple of them um, before we get to this next match. Can we talk about Edge's mask? We will absolutely talk about Edge's mask. He's coming up in a little bit here. You were a Rey Mysterio inspired like match. Yeah, me, you and me both. I thought he should have wrestled in it, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I, I uh, like Edge showing that respect for Ray. And I you know I felt like under Vince, Ray was treated as like almost like an underneath guy. Like he's a yeah. guy with name value uh, that we treat him like he's not a superstar. And now he's he feels like he's being treated with the respect that he really deserves. And I feel like he's getting wins. This is probably his first win on pay-per-view in what years. I can't even remember the last time he won on pay-per-view. So uh, I I just feel like he's getting uh, more recognition uh, for the the legend that he is. Finally getting his flowers. Mm -hmm. Fully agree. Stellar Justin Lopez, friend of the show for $4.99. They need to run that ish back. Sheamus has been one of the most underappreciated workers for years. Sheamus should be Gunther eventually. Should have no have problem tonight. with that. Should have been tonight. I think it would have been a great way to cap off winning that Intercontinental Championship. And I mean, this was one of the, Issa even said going into this pay-per-view, this was her most anticipated match. Yeah. And this would have been a great stage for Sheamus to conquer. And I was just astounded by how over he was with this crowd. You would have thought he was in the Drew McIntyre spot. Whether they knew it or not, had Sheamus won, that would have been the British Bulldog moment. Because I think <sighs> Sheamus walked into this as an underdog and people kind of expected Gunther to have won. But had he won this match, I think people would have gone crazy. And that yeah, that, that pop would have been huge. Sheamus is, uh, he's like one storyline or manager or something away from being a real top top guy and yes he's been world champion before but he's just he's so close to be he could be that guy still even at 45 and um yeah he's just you know he's just needs that right storyline or if it's being aligned with paul Heyman or whatever you know something that uh because he could easily fill that role um you know being an opponent for roman Agreed. Get, and he should lose in Ireland. Agreed. If they go to Ireland, I would have no problem with Seamus winning in Ireland. <laughs> Anywhere oh, else yeah. in the world? Sure, you could beat Seamus. I don't care. Bring him to Inglewood and beat Seamus here. That's fine. We get Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan. The story behind this feud, and again, this is a complaint I had last night, is that Liv Morgan has been training with Matt Riddle. This is a storyline they've told on YouTube. But the story of this match, fans were behind Liv for the ring intros, but really not too much into this match. Shayna Baszler's dominating the arm, working over the arm. Liv Morgan has counters for it, is able to slap on a triangle submission in addition to a arm bar. But uh, afterwards, Liv traps Shayna. Shayna in a triangle. She comes back with her finisher. I can't even remember what it was called off the second rope. And she wins. 
the Oblivion. She wins with the Oblivion, clean in the middle, as I did predict last night on this show. So it looks like they're setting up Liv Morgan beating Shayna Baszler to get to Ronda Rousey. I want to see Ronda and Shayna as a pair, as like a duo, before they split off. I think that'd be a lot of fun. We see how much better Ronda is uh, playing off of somebody, and I think her and Shayna could be that, to where she and Shayna get together as a force. Issa. Yeah, this still wasn't the convincing win that I need to stop looking at Liv as a non... I don't know, she doesn't convince me as champion. Um, I'm glad that she got the win, and I'm glad that she got it clean, but I really just wanted to see a little more aggressive side of her here, which we did, but she kind of had to fight from under. Like, it wasn't like that whole, I'm going to mess you up, I've been training for this Mm -hmm. moment, you know, kind of win. It was more of a, I better get it now, or I'm going to get my ass beat here. Um, I really, really just need... Now that you beat Shayna, she needs to start presenting herself as a believable champion. Like, I did it. She she gives me the, those vibes of, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm champ. And it's like, why should I believe that you can be champ when you don't even believe it yourself? You know, and I'm tired of her reign being booked that way. So hopefully we'll see. We'll let it play out and see where it goes from here. But if you give her the win over Shayna, then let's start booking her like a real champ and not this fan that got to be because that's what it really feels like sometimes with her. If this was the low point of the show for me. I'm sorry. It was my mm-hmm. least favorite match in the show. And with the crowd, too. The crowd was... Yeah. This was the only match they were qu- quiet for. And yeah. I, I think they... Uh, when you're talking about bad uh, booking decisions, I thought Liv tapping out to Ronda and then still winning, I think it hurt her a, a, quite a bit because she was super over going into that. And now her reactions are kind of mixed. And, I'll say uh, it did hurt her the most on the show after where the crowd absolutely turned on her. I was very concerned and thinking that was going to be a trend. They haven't quite turned on her. But, yeah, she does come off as not the real champion because of how they did that. Not only that, but how they built up Ronda Rousey now as a super baby face like she's still yeah. Steve Austin. I don't think is going to help Liv Morgan with this feud. Yeah, I think she needs a heel turn because if the crowd reactions are mixed, I, I, I don't see it getting to where it was right now. And it's almost better to just turn her heel, give her a bit of a mean streak, uh, you know, have her be that uh, that cocky champion because she's really, you know, she's really good in her role. I mean, she gets people to care, and that's one of the hardest things to do in wrestling. Um, so I, I just think turn her heel because right now it, it, it looks like she's lucking in uh, to winning as opposed to being a real champion. And uh, yeah. I, I just think... The, the real champions that get over that come across as big stars that you can main event a pay-per-view with, like a Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, uh, Becky Lynch, they feel like they're badasses that could, you know, beat your ass. <laughs> and uh, I think Liv it doesn't have that right now. If Liv does not beat Ronda Rousey the next time they face off, beat, beat Ronda Rousey, this will have been a Jinder Mahal effect where a world title reign brings her worse. I think it's going to tremendously hurt her. If she goes through this whole title reign, flukes into a win over Ronda Rousey, loses a second time, I think it'll be huge damage. Yeah, I'm with you. I was concerned when um, Shayna first came out. I was like, wow, no reaction. And then I'm thinking, well, they haven't really done a lot with Shayna recently. But then Liv came out and the reaction was just as quiet. And I was like, oh, that's not good for one of these women. So I, I personally just... I get that she's playing a character, this whole underdog thing, but it's just not helping her title reign at all. And I just don't find her a believable champion. Yeah, they, they reacted toward the end. And then the ring intros, Liv got a, a pop and Shayna got booed. Then the bell rang and they were just like, all right, we're going to go get popcorn. Yeah, she did get a pop again after she won. Um, yeah, toward the end of the match, they did pick up. She hit a powerbomb off the second rope. They really did like that. Right. 
We got another super chat from Stellar. Justin Lopez for 499. Liv is playing a role. She just needs to be herself. Liv even told Ariel in an interview that she hated the finish. The surviving champ works for a heel. Yeah, I agree. I think she should be a heel. Uh, she's got charisma, and that's like one of the things you can't teach. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that's most responsible for making someone a star, and she's, she's got that. So it just, uh, right now, it's not, uh, it's not clicking. Let's talk about Edge in a mask. In fact, the first thing in my notes underneath this match is Edge is in a mask, which he came out to a huge pop. They gave a good pop to Rey Mysterio, too. And Edge has a very Rey Mysterio-esque mask. It's really cool. It's black yep. and red. He's got his getup on. I thought he was going to wrestle in it. I get why he wouldn't. But I will say this. I don't know if it was just my ears deceiving me. He got an enormous pop for his music. When he walked out with that mask, I feel like people were a little confused, and there was like a pause. And they're like, oh, no, no, that is Edge. And they went back to cheering for him. So uh, it was great interest for Ray and Edge. I think they give them both good re reactions. El Borde Libre. That's his luchador name. That's yeah. how you say Edge in Spanish. Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> El Borde Libre. That sounds badass. I thought it was so well done, him coming out with Ray's mask. Yeah. Again, paying respect to, to Ray. In 1997, with all the crazy stuff that Ray was doing when he was like on Nitro with the, you know, all the flips and stuff on the, on the concrete, you know, on, uh, at ringside, who would have thought that he'd be still, he'd be the one guy from Nitro, him and Jericho would be the two guys that are still yeah. uh, wrestling today. And, uh, here he is. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm just so impressed with Ray, and I, I liked Edge paying that respect. And you could tell, like, it was legitimate. Edge has all the respect in the world for Ray. Loved the entrances. This match was awesome. The yeah. fans were so into it. It was, Edge was so over. And, and so was Ray. Kind of a party match. Let's get into it. The, this really sorry, might yeah, be sorry. this really I'm might be Edge's ahead. last year in terms of him. He said some comments recently in Toronto that this might be his last year. And when you saw how he worked this match, he went balls to the wall. He hit a six one nine. He went diving out of the ring. He speared Priest to the outside in that Big E spot. Uh, we had a, a bunch of great spots. There was Damian Priest getting crushed on the barricade and having this cartoon cell where he's just. <laughs> hoo, hoo. I thought it was great. I loved it. <laughs> this guy's great. This, Damian Priest has been really good in the Triple H era. His promos, he's really stepped his game up. Uh, Dominic, okay, so this is the good thing about this whole, we did get into Dominic turning heel. Here's why I thought it was so effective. Dominic Mysterio was attacked by Rhea Ripley, his daddy. She just beat the hell out of him like she usually does. But then he came in, he tripped Finn Balor, helps Rey Mysterio win. So 619 into a spear. Rey Mysterio and Edge wins. So you're thinking, okay, I predicted that. Everybody predicted maybe D uh, Dominic is going to turn heel. But after seeing this finish, you're thinking, oh, your guard is down. Dominic helped them. They're going to stretch this out even more as they've done in the past. But then almost out of nowhere, he kicks Edge right in the crotch and then clotheslines Rey Mysterio. And each of these gets an enormous reaction from the crowd. We're talking about what this is going to be remembered for 30 years from now in terms of something sea-changing. This could be the moment. Uh, it was a good moment. Dominic's heel now, and he's being painted as more of a confused kid. So what did you think about all this, Isa? I loved everything about this match. Um, the, the crowd was having fun, and I feel like everybody was having fun here, right? I love um, Edge's entrance. I love the heat that Damian Priest was trying to get with Edge. I think at some point he, he looked like he spit on him. Like, like Damian Priest yeah. really had a problem with Edge, and commentary was doing such an awesome job at getting it over. Uh, 
ultimately, I feel like every again, I said this with the opening match. Everybody had a moment to shine. Everybody looked good. The sale of the crotch spot was absolutely incredible. I popped for that. Uh, at the end, Dominic, I thought it was a nice surprise. We all saw it coming. But like you said, because of the fact that he helped them win, you didn't think it was going to happen. My favorite part about the turn was that uh, – Rey Mysterio just stayed in the ring hugging Edge instead of going after his son to figure what was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why he turned to begin with. But overall, this was fun. It was good fun. We'll see where it goes. I thought we were going to maybe see a Bet Phoenix appearance here to kind of like control Rhea, but Rhea kind of like stayed out of it for the most part. So I really want to see them do something with Rhea outside of what she's doing with Dominic. It just feels like, okay, she's part of the judgment day which is awesome but at the same time Rhea Ripley is too good to not be wrestling all the time yeah I thought a, a few minor things but that are really big things I think is <clears throat> Edge's reaction when Dominic uh, crotched him uh, it, it, he, you could tell he's a seasoned actor because mm -hmm. it was just perfect the way he looked at him and, and just uh, fell it was just like that That was some good storytelling right there Uh and then Dominic really laid his shit in with Ray when he clotheslined him. It oh, yeah. Uh, take it easy. I... So that all being said, it was awesome. It was like, it reminded me, the reaction from the crowd, it reminded me like stuff we'd see in the 90s because this crowd was so hot. Not not like Hogan, but, you know, like when you'd have a big heel turn um, in the 90s. But it is Dominic. <laughs> and, uh, you know... Um, it's you know where does this go <laughs> i mean yeah, what's is... next i think is the big the big thing like it, are we are we thinking dominic can beat edge or is even on that same level um maybe, you know i don't know i just think right. uh, we'll see where they go from here but uh maybe he needs a manager or or something but uh he's been presented as such a weak character over the years that just a heel turn all of a sudden doesn't make it make him someone you think is uh is tough yeah not the heel turn in and of itself but the execution how he's able to perform as a heel and this is where the real work begins with the triple h era it's very easy to ride this momentum of honeymoon period vince is gone we're in this high right now aw is kind of on a dip in terms of momentum so wwe has all the momentum on its side and it's easy to succeed with guys like Karrion Cross just coming in, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, keep that going. But it's the Dominic Mysterios that are going to tell you just how good this era is at creating stars and developing talent because that is going to be a project. He's in a big spot right. right now, and the project and the challenge with Dominic Mysterio can Triple H in this new era now cultivate a guy who, to Raj's point, has been pretty cold over the past couple of years and I don't think has been booked very well. Hey, he's been getting his ass kicked by Rhea every week, which yeah. I, I love seeing. I love Rhea beating him up. I don't know why. Me too. But, uh, it's, it's, it's I, I do too. We're yeah. masochists. <laughs> uh, someone in the chat, um, Joe's Mo, saying Dominic could join Santos. And I actually, I kind of like that idea. I love that yeah. idea. I think he needs to be in a group. I, I And I thought he did great. Like at, once he turned heel, the way he was feeding off the crowd, going to the back, you know, uh, the ref Taking reminded the him off. to take his shirt off and throw it. Yeah. But he, when he did it, it was great. And um, I, I thought he was really good in, in that role. 
it wouldn't make sense. They did cut to Judgment Day kind of celebrating, but because he screwed them I and then went and react. Went, it doesn't really make too much sense. <laughs> celebrating, they were trolling. I love the reaction. Yeah, yeah. They, they were they great. Pushing Dominic to do this for so long. It was it was awesome to see them laughing. This was one of those cases where I almost felt like Judgment Day should have won. Just because uh, they haven't had a big win in a while. Like Edge yeah. beat Damian Priest just a couple weeks ago in Toronto. SummerSlam, what was that match again? Um, it was against Dominic I, and Ray. Dominic and Dominic and Ray. and Ray won, right? After Edge came. Gosh, I'm forgetting. Uh, so I was now, in I was in Europe with like short term memory. No, no sleep when I, when I watched it, so I'm totally forgetting. But uh, I just feel like Judgment Day needs a little bit uh, a little bit more. Yeah, we'll have to uh, confirm for the chat who won because I I never forgot to. Uh, but yeah, good match. I thought this was a very good match. Crowd very much reacted to it, and I think it only got better from here. Because we go into Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle, storyline that they've been borrowing from UFC to build this up in terms of that face-to-face via satellite press conference. They went the John Jones, Daniel Cormier route. I thought that was great. And this started out the way a, a match like this should have. There was a lot of pageantry to start. Uh, Riddle doing a shout-out to SpongeBob SquarePants, I believe, with his gear. And then here comes Seth Rollins doing Elton John slash Curry Man, just the most ridiculous flame outfit you ever saw, but he pulls it off. Crowd really into singing along with Seth Rollins' theme, as you would imagine with the UK crowd. They couldn't get enough of that. But then the bell rings, and they immediately just start wailing away, which I thought was was great, especially after all this pageantry with them hating each other. At some point, you just got to – it's on site, and that's what it was finally when the bell rang. And uh, so they're doing a lot of stuff. The Rollins hit Riddle with the bro Derek. I love that there were so many points in this match where there was a certain camera angle where you could see Michael Cole standing up in his seat. And by the end of the match, the entire announce team was standing up in their seats. Uh, I, I thought the near falls were really good because Riddle would just barely put his shoulder up. And so they did a go- job with that. And then yeah, the storyline of this match was Rollins really trying to get into Riddle's head. Once again, talking about his family, calling him a loser. Your family left you. Uh, Rollins goes crazy. They're Channing, this is awesome while they're brawling, but uh, uh, Rollins is able to get the best of them and hit a stomp after Riddle snaps and has a misstep, and then he hits a top rope stomp, which is very impressive. And Rollins got the win, emotionally charged. Riddle's cussing at him after, so I guess they're going to continue this feud, but I love this. I thought this was exactly the tone this match should have had and uh, the right finish because, I mean, Rollins has been losing left and right. Single-handedly made Cody in terms of coming in and losing three big matches in a row. So he needed a big win. He hasn't won a pay-per-view match since he beat Roman at uh, Royal Rumble by DQ. DQ. Mm -hmm. For a top star, that's with monthly pay-per-views. That's, you know, that's kind of uh, unheard of. Yeah. So this is good. Issa, what do you think about it? I love Seth Rollins' mind games. I just, I, I love everything that he does. I thought this match, again, I felt like Gunther and Sheamus chose violence, and this was equally good, but in a more technical mind games, in-ring psychology aspect of it. I loved everything about it. The storytelling here was great. Uh, Seth hitting the pedigree and the, and the false finishes, like the way that Matt Riddle was kicking out, like he was just holding on for dear life, like he could barely make it. I thought this was a lot of fun. Very technically well done probably might have been my favorite thing on the card tonight um i did like the main event too i'm struggling between those three matches because i just felt they were all so great but yeah this was fun i 
Seth Rollins, he's he's a troll. And I agree with what Raj said. He needed this win. Seth hasn't had a big win in a while, and I know a lot of people don't agree with it because Riddle, but I think Seth needed desperately a pay-per-view win here, and he got that tonight. So it was great. I, I do have a, really the only criticism I have of, of this show um, was they, they filmed that hot angle on Raw with um, – with uh, Riddle and Seth Rollins, and I thought they were both just fantastic. When you know they did the whole going to commercial and taking uh, you know the Daniel Cormier, uh, John Jones thing, I thought it was fantastic, and it was it, it felt so personal at the end of that segment. And then for then Riddle to be coming out on his scooter, uh, I don't know. I just felt like he should have just come out with an angry Brock face, you know, just like wanting to kill. Uh, because it was the most personal angle I've seen on WWE TV in a long time. I just felt like the entrances should have reflected that more. Mm -hmm. The Rocket Man entrance, <laughs> Seth did. Again, Seth was freaking fantastic in, with Riddle in that angle. And then him back being back to doing the cackling and the over-the-top laughter and everything. I just feel like that's not main event gimmick. Yeah, that was the we saw in that when he segment, was doing the was Randy Orton things, when he was doing the Randy Orton moves and imitating Randy Orton, I popped for that. That was great. Yeah, he was drawing yeah. him like that. But yeah, the, and that's why I brought up the pageantry of the entrance, which kind of yeah. caught me by surprise, given the fact, and they even showed you this video package. These two guys hate each other. These two guys are going to kill each other. Let's start the match. And he's in this like flamingo outfit. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, right, yeah. Are we fighting or are we not? What is this, the Victoria's Secret <laughs> runway or was this UFC? What are we doing? Yeah, I did say that he looked like a Victoria's Secret angel. <laughs> I mean, I would have loved to have seen like you remember when Sean came back, Sean Michaels came back against Triple H, and he had the jeans and stuff on. I would like to see Riddle just kind of break uh, what we've seen from him. He come out yeah. in jeans and just like pissed, and he's like ready to, you know, extract his revenge. Like that was something. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like that aspect of it was not followed up on well. But right. the match itself, I thought, was fantastic, and it was uh, it was great. Uh, Riddle needs to get a big win one of these days. Um, yeah. yeah, but I think it's clear that Vince saw Riddle as Cheech, right, like a comedy stoner character with the limited ceiling. And I think now you're seeing with the new regime, I think they're seeing more with him. They're seeing uh, and and making them edgier and giving him more and. Um, he could be a player, so he needs to get the win next time. But uh, I, I think it was the right decision for Seth to win. What's scary about Riddle, even as Cheech, regardless of how Vince McMahon saw him and presented him, he was getting big reactions. He was getting yeah. Cheech and Sean reactions in terms of from this crowd. So now that they're serious about him, it's only going to get better for Riddle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was basically the the comedy uh, you know uh, sidekick for. for while but it was working i mean he yeah. he's a much bigger star now than he was you know a year and a half ago but uh now you're seeing them taking it to a different level and i think uh mm -hmm. i think it's the right move that's good he's definitely one of the young up-and-comer guys on the wb roster who needs to get a shot and i think they realize that marvin b for 199 is at a pound seth rollins mind games Yes, absolutely. He does a great job of it. That was a great story that they told. Everything was great about this match when the bell rang. The, the pageantry is the only thing, but only because it did not match with the great story that they were telling. Absolutely. Yeah. And then Roman Reigns won. Okay, that is your podcast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back into it.
<laughs> okay, so we have our main event, uh, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Again, I- I'm so glad you said that, Issa, because this is something that I absolutely thought. I even went looking for it on Twitter. didn't find this too much. But I absolutely thought when Drew McIntyre walked out, <laughs> I was expecting, you know, at least a kill. So you talk about pageantry. This could have used it in terms of bagpipes or whatnot. Very basic <laughs> entrance. He kind of walks out, very little energy. He's had back problems, uh, but he walks out. The fans are going crazy for Drew McIntyre, though. They're chanting, oh, Drew McIntyre, much like the Seven Nation Army. So he is the conquering hero that they want him to be here. Roman Reigns comes out, plays his role perfectly, gets booed uh, at some point in the match, early on in the match. So I like this. This is something of the Triple H era that was a staple in NXT. They showed Karrion Cross in the crowd. So he's one of the next contenders, and they show him in the crowd with Scarlett. That was just a really cool little touch that Triple H would do in NXT that he's brought now to the main roster. And within little yeah. times, Karrion Cross. I don't know if this is how it's supposed to look. A water bottle goes flying into the shot and like hits Drew McIntyre on the ankle, almost like a fan threw it. <laughs> I know, I thought that for a second too, because you couldn't tell where Cross was sitting, so you didn't know who threw it. And I'm like, how are they so behind Drew McIntyre, but they're throwing things at him? What's happening yeah. here? <laughs> and when McIntyre reacted, I was legit thinking like, oh god, some fan is about to get their ass beat. But it was carrying Cross, so I don't know if it was supposed to hit him. If maybe they were just being safe, like they didn't want him to get hit in the face, right? But Drew McIntyre confronted Karrion Cross, and that was about his involvement in this match. As he threw a water bottle, uh, let Drew McIntyre know he was there, and then we really didn't see him again after this. Well, yeah, I'm but- glad that that happened. I thought it was a good way to utilize him because I thought he was going to be involved. And yeah, there was pageantry, and a lot of things happened. But that was the obvious choice, right? To just have Karrion Cross cost Drew McIntyre the match, and the fact that that wasn't it, and they tried to get a little more creative with the booking, I appreciated that. Yeah, and I that was what I tweeted before the match started. I was like, I see Roman winning, but uh, Karrion Cross interfering. Because, you know, flying him all the way out there just to be ringside. Um, I, I just thought they were going to do more. But I thought it was well done. I, I thought it wasn't over the top. It made it almost more real by not doing that. Um, right. So I, I thought it was really well done. And Solo Sakai, I, you know, I, I, so there were some people on Twitter that were uh, expecting that. But uh, yeah. You get a new name, you know, again, now you're getting all these fresh faces now in WWE, you know, WWE and AEW, they've had different problems. Um, WWE, their problem has been not introducing a lot of fresh faces. And it's Mm -hmm. just the same matches over and over and over for a long time. And now uh, with this new regime, you're getting a lot of, it it just feels more fresh. AEW has kind of had the opposite uh, where they're just bringing all these guys and not utilizing the people that they have. And, uh, you know, which can lead to some discontent in the locker room but uh so it's different but i i do think wwe freshening things up is uh is really good and and you know nxt is not as popular as raw and smackdown even close but the numbers have been going up with introducing all these faces from nxt Mm -hmm. so it's working so um yeah just keep doing it so i i think roman reigns played as part very well as a heel at one point in the middle of the match he goes and gets a microphone and asks cardiff to acknowledge him he's so good eating a headbutt yeah so he's nice. doing great uh, we're getting the boo yay spots with roman in the boo position uh, then they kick it up a notch uh, mcintyre kicks out of a spear he kicks out of another spear and the announcer that I thought did a great uh, like one job. two yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's another good thing about this match. Throughout the match, and I love this about the new Michael Cole. I guess this is another staple. He kept talking about and keeping track of, well, 
McIntyre keeps kicking out at one and kind of it yeah. gives you a, an indication of his health. And then he starts going, that's the first two count of the match. Now you're starting to think that Drew McIntyre is getting tired, but this is a part of the match where Roman Reigns would talk to himself and they would say it's because Paul Heyman isn't with him. So now he has to kind of, he's in it alone. They did a good job of presenting Roman Reigns being in you know foreign territory and just me against the world. And uh, so uh, McIntyre hits a Claymore from behind. Ref goes down because, you know, Roman Reigns is incensed that he didn't win with the spear. Uh, Ref goes down with Roman Reigns after a Claymore. Then we get a potential Money in the Bank cash in. Here comes Austin Theory with Money in the Bank. I love this. I love this. Tyson Fury stands up as Austin Theory is trying to talk to the ref and kills this guy with a right hand. I mean, the way his head ricocheted, I'm sure it was definitely worked for, but they pulled this off fan. Like he might have even taken a stiff punch. What did you guys think about this spot? I know you loved it, Raj. So I, I by myself, I don't really uh, ever laugh out loud at stuff on TV. <laughs> I, but I did with this spot. <laughs> like, that just killed me. I thought it was the best. Uh, I loved it. Uh, one of the things with Roman, he's one of the best at this, and Drew was freaking awesome at it as well, is letting the crowd cheers sink in. And, and, and the... Uh, the, the emotion from the the audience and just playing to that and not doing too much all, right off the bat, you know, like letting it build. And, you know, the first five minutes, so heated in that arena mm-hmm. and they didn't do much, you know, yeah. uh, they did very little and they just played off of it. It made the match seem gigantic. They were both fantastic here. Look, you know, it's one of those things I thought Roman should have won. If Drew won, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have thought it was a crazy bad business decision. I just don't think when you're telling the story um, <laughs> that he, he should have won here because you want that next gigantic star to get that win. But anyway, uh, yeah. I, I just thought they did such a fantastic job. Um, this match was... I criticize when they overdo the kicking out of finishers because it, it, it's done so often now. But when you do it in the main event, it's cool. When you're doing it, you know, third match on the show and everyone's kicking out of everything, it's it's uh, it's not as effective. But I thought I thought everything about this match was really good, and I agreed with the ending. So. Yeah, and in the ending, we'll get into the ending. Reigns kicked out of the first Claymore, which is very rare. Uh, Drew McIntyre ends up hitting a second Claymore after the after distraction off of Tyson Fury, and I mean, this seems like the moment. They're just the crowd is yes. on their feet. I'm on my feet in my place. This is this moment right here is why I loved how they built up Drew McIntyre because this is where I legitimately believed that Drew McIntyre was going to win this match because of the job they've done because they're in his hometown and at like two and three quarters the ref goes sliding out. You don't even see it. They have a great replay of this of him uh, Solo Sokoa pulling the referee out, and the crowd is just furious. You would have thought like an actual fan had done that. And uh, the crowd is furious. Solisicole reveals himself. Uh, Roman Reigns hits the spear, and he wins one, two, three. Uh, after this, the epilogue, as great as Tyson Fury was within this match, the epilogue was very cringe. They are just kind of trying to get these people not to riot and say, oh, let's sing some songs, everybody. The crowd is booing. They end up playing along, singing American Pie. But it's just... It's one of the most more traumatic moments you'll realize. It's almost like there's a traumatic event that has happened and you're trying to sing to not remember it. And that's just basically what was going on. They're singing songs. The crowd is furious, but kind of singing along. And uh, listen, 
Roman Reigns retains. I've loved this run. I love the fact they built up a challenger. I would have had no problem with Drew McIntyre winning. I think that was the right uh, choice. But they can continue the storyline, and they've done a good job with Roman Reigns so far. Issa, I'll let you uh, have the floor. Yeah, I really, I, I enjoyed everything about this match. There was a lot of great, again, in-ring psychology from both of these competitors. I told you as the biggest, you call it, the biggest Roman Reigns fan, I felt disrespected when this man kept kicking out at two. I was like, what is he doing? And I love that Michael Cole pointed it out because it was aggravating. But then when he said, oh, he kicked out at two, that's exactly what I thought about, right? Like, okay, he's, he's coming mm -hmm. down. You know, we're getting there. I... Love the Tyson Fury spot. I wish it would have ended at that because I did found the end a little bit cringy. But that is the way to use him. As soon as they announced that they, that he was going to be in the crowd, I was like, God, please don't let him be involved in the title match. It wouldn't make any sense. Like, I don't want him to help either one. And then we see him backstage talking to both of them earlier on in the night. You know, so they build this anticipation of, if this guy really going to be involved here? Yeah. Uh the way that Austin Theory, if, if he was even a sell, I don't know. He might have taken an actual punch yeah. here. But I just, I love the way that they did the spot. With the ref bump, I thought that that was going to be it. So, so Sequoia coming out later on uh, felt like a like a genuine surprise because I thought when Lil Nate took the spot, I was like, okay, that's it. That's going to be how Roman wins. He's going to find a share. He's going to cheat. And then he's going to get the pin one, two, three. But there was still so much more that happened after that. And I think it was one of those spots where that Claymore kicked. Something happening there. I got to go back and rewatch it. That I really did think that Drew was winning it all at one yeah. moment there. There was a kick out by Roman that was like 2.99999. Drew crazy. did hit a spear on Roman Reigns at one point. That's what it was then. It. Yeah, there, it was like a crazy very last millisecond kick out by Roman. Um, I like seeing Solo Sequoia here. You and I review NXT and you know that we were saying he's ready for a title. You got to do something with him. He looked, but he didn't look bigger than NXT. So him joining the bloodline now, I'm very curious about how they're going to book him, being the one member of the bloodline that's new, that the crowd might not be familiar with. He doesn't have a title. We'll see where they go here. But it, it makes sense. And again, the, the whole point here is the bloodline. So to see an addition that's not Sami Zayn, that's not the Usos, I think it's going to get people curious around So Sikoa and who he is. So I'm excited. Overall, A+. plus. I love all the crazy stuff that went out here. But at the same time, I did think that Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns shine. They put on a great match, which they always do when they're in the ring together. And yeah, either one guy could have won at any moment, and I believed it. So overall, fun pay-per-view, fun main event. It was great. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Um, I thought this match, so I think right now, uh, Roman Reigns is the best wrestler in the industry. And, and to, wow. to me, a wrestler doesn't mean just doing moves. Mm -hmm. It's getting crowd reaction, owning your character, you know, uh, being that character and just uh, it, just owning the room. And he, he does that better than almost anyone right now. I think he does it better than everyone right now. And I thought this match proved it. Outside of Roman's match with Brock at WrestleMania, which... <laughs> which was a stinker. It, 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 it wasn't bad. It just wasn't good. And, and I think a, a lot of people had heightened expectations. But outside of that, he brings it every time. And his matches are just always really good. And this match was fantastic. And he gave Drew a ton. I did not think Drew was hurt with this loss um, because it, it, there was outside interference. And 
Drew, I mean, he kicked out of what two spears, I think, at least. And um, yeah, yeah, okay, within this match, you could say that, but within the context, if we're gonna again, I do believe in the short term memory and they could heat this guy up and stuff like that. But me personally, the next time they put Drew in a position where, like, maybe this will be Drew McIntyre's moment, I might just take that whole month off. Like, I'm done <laughs> with the narrative of listen, I myself, people thought I was being mature. I said his days as a top babyface are done when he lost that match to Bobby Lashley two years ago inside Hell in a Cell when they built him up and beat him time and again. And this is another example of them beating him in this big match. So at this point, he's just lost one too many times. He's basically the okay. Cleveland Browns. I don't I don't understand like what what more do you want for Drew? Like he had an Nothing. excellent title reign. He beat a bunch of really good people and his time is up right now. You know what I mean? Like I I I I I personally find Drew McIntyre's title reign to be one of the best that we've seen before Roman. Right now Roman has done it all, but you know, he beat AJ Styles, he beat Seth Rollins, he beat Goldberg. He beat, he beat a bunch of really good Drew McIntyre had his time and it was great. And hey, you say you don't suffer for short term memory. Go watch those matches then, Alfred. Sorry. Not at all. I wasn't a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of that run. I just thought that they've done it so many times to him, where it's just like he's the boy who cried wolf at this point. Outside of today, how often do you see when he comes out the fans just going ape shit, like he's the biggest star on the show? How often do you see? Who do they do that for? Tons of, of Drew them? shirts in the crowd and people with Drew signs and. Uh, uh, he has lame. He has lame shirts. We can go based on merch because a lot of people have lame shirts. Also, <laughs> shout out to the grown man. Oh my! Shout out to the grown man wearing the Roman Reigns daddy t-shirt. I didn't think I was gonna <laughs> see that on a man, but that changed tonight. Wait, which one? <laughs> they acknowledge your daddy t-shirt that they made for Roman Reigns. That was not for you guys. That was for us. So. Do you ever wonder <laughs> who buys the uh, the I've got massive ball shirt? I the don't miss. want to wonder. <laughs> the miss. Is, is, is there someone that has bought that shirt? Because if so, Look, don't even get me started because AEW also just put out a shirt and it's just literally a picture of Daniel Bryan's face. Like, both of these companies need to step it up with their merch design. I do not base, like, I can't, I go by crowd reactions at this point, Raj, because they're just failing to make cool merch anymore. Like, nothing that has come out recently makes me go, oh my God, I need to go and buy that. The only thing that I bought recently is that flannel, but not Brock Lesnar shirt because I bought it oversized and it's one of my most favorite things in the world because it's comfy and I wear it everywhere and it doesn't look like, I have a thing of like, I don't want my merch to look like it's a wrestling shirt, right? Yeah. And they, they're just like making it so obvious now that I, I don't base it on merch anymore, but I don't think Drew McIntyre is getting the crowd reactions that he used to get now. You guys wouldn't get a Christian is a P word t-shirt? That's not uh, your vibe? <laughs> I'll say this about the crowd reaction. Drew McIntyre gets pretty much the status quo crowd reaction of a top babyface. I don't think there are too many babyfaces in WWE that get that wild reaction unless it's a guy like Roman Reigns who they pour their entire resources into. And that's more of a byproduct of the era we're in where WWE puts the brand over the wrestler. This is a show that even though it was in Drew McIntyre's home country, not sold out, but sold a whole bunch of tickets well before anything was announced in you know, outside of Roman Reigns, I can't tell you on. Okay, I'll say Bobby Lashley gets these insane reactions. And, Cody, and that's really recent. Yeah, Cody, the free agent who just debuted, who has a new car smell. So there are a very small uh, amount. If you look at full-time performers who are there every week, based on the exposure, it's few and far between who gets these crazy reactions. Yeah, and I, and I I do think that's going to be changing a little more. I, I, I hope it, it does feel like they and, and, and I'll throw Edge in there as well as far as getting the crazy reactions, but. Um, it does seem like there's more of a an, an effort now with the new regime to 
build stars as opposed to doing 50 50 uh and and no one's getting over so i'll, I'll give it time but uh and look I, I, by no means am i saying that drew can't get there or it, you know he uh he's in the spot and this is the only spot he's going to be in he i just don't think he's there yet and uh yeah and i think uh, roman should lose to someone that's there yeah, and uh, that's, that's the whole point. It just doesn't feel like the Drew going into WrestleMania back in 2020. And I know that he was robbed of a moment because of circumstances that nobody knew were coming. But that Drew McIntyre, you knew he was winning the Rumble. Right. You knew he was winning. And the Drew didn't even need to win the Rumble. With the reaction that he got when he eliminated Brock Lesnar, that could have been it. And he could have gone on to face Brock. But he still won the Rumble, right? That Drew McIntyre was it. This guy, when I look at the last six months of his career, like just this year in pay-per-view overall, I just don't feel like that's how you build a person that should end a historic title ring. And it's like, which one do we pick? You know, do we go with the crowd or do we go with really making history? And at this point, I feel when that loss happened, it needs to feel historic. And I see your point to Alfred happening where it, where they were with the crowd that hot, like it would have been a big deal, but it just didn't feel right for the story that we're building with Roman. And I don't think it's entirely fair to look at the last six months of anybody in WWE because the last six months have been a tale of two WWEs. That's almost right. the exact period of three months, the last three months of Vince and the first three months of Triple H. And if you're going by the first three months of Triple H, I'm absolutely excited about a Drew McIntyre character up to this point. Because just, that's when they started turning him around. Absolutely. If we would have had Triple H book Drew McIntyre throughout 2022, maybe hold the conversation right now. Yeah, let me ask you this, and let me ask you this, Alfred. If 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 Drew had won, what is the big match for Drew at WrestleMania? That one larger than life, you know, uh, big match. That is that. not a requirement of Drew McIntyre winning this title. I would have actually. I know people would want him to have the same reign, but we've done the long title reign thing with Roman Reigns. That doesn't need to be replicated by everybody who wins that title now. So I'd have no problem with Drew McIntyre. We're in August. Royal Rumble, he loses it. Maybe September. sometime before it, he flips it back to either a Cody or a Roman Reigns. I have no problem with it. If they have somebody between now, you can't convince me that Triple H would not know how to build somebody between now so and again, WrestleMania. You're, you're, you're basically saying have Drew just have a quick title reign, basically. And just it, it could be a quick title reign. It could be, it's, it, it would be Triple H would be the person who would need to, and there's plenty of people. They're building up Karrion Cross is obviously the person afterwards. He's not the WrestleMania feud, but they can build a Karrion Cross feud. They're clearly doing something with Drew and Karrion. It, Kevin Owens could be the guy. They, they could bring in some AEW free. Maybe Kenny Omega comes to WWE and you do something like that. But outside of Roman Reigns, what is any WrestleMania feud outside of Roman Reigns and The Rock, which is the hot WrestleMania feud right now? What? It's not a Drew McIntyre problem. Roman and Cody. Being able to do it. You could do Roman and Cody. That would be a fine yeah. feud for, for the title or not for the title. I think a Drew McIntyre WrestleMania feud would need a title as opposed to you could do Roman and Cody without the title. You could do Roman mm. and Rock without the title. I will Roman. say one thing, uh, Drew never, outside of Brock eliminating him at the Royal Rumble, and I know we always press the panic button with Brock, but we never saw that rematch, and no offense to that match, but that match was trash because it happened at a closed down WrestleMania and nobody saw it. So why not get that rematch of Brock and, and, and Drew McIntyre in front of a crowd really? the way that we should have gotten it to begin with? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, uh, that, that particular WrestleMania, I've... Outside of the cinematic matches, I have not watched a single match. No, from that right. ever no it's, not, it's a rough watch. It, it's like it didn't happen. And that's the thing. There's a lot of, I even think, even 
champions that had a title reign during that period of time should get a rerun just because of how unfair it was. But nobody could help those circumstances. But again, if you want a big match, press the panic button on Brock. That is a match that doesn't feel overdone and that I personally would like to see again because it didn't get the justice or moment it deserved when they ran it the first time. Doesn't that feel like 10 years ago? Yeah, <laughs> it feels like forever ago. It really does. Yeah. Mike Zarek and the fact a... that we didn't even get fans back in an arena until the following WrestleMania, like we yeah. spent a whole year like that. That to me is still mind-blowing. It was just last year where we had fans back. And, and, and it feels like it's, again, it feels like it's been years. Mike Zarek for $1.99, Gunther versus Sheamus, fire match of the year. Listen, this is my favorite match of this night. And there yeah. were some good matches on this show. And I absolutely loved Roman versus Drew, but I thought that Sheamus versus Gunther was very it good. felt like Sheamus. I'm sorry, Sheamus and Gunther. You have uh, Rollins and Riddle, and then you have Roman and Drew. And I feel like that could be anybody's pick for the best match tonight for complete different reasons. All of these matches were lit in a whole different way. But Sheamus and Gunther, man, they chose violence. It was great. Yeah, I thought. Again, I thought almost all the matches on the show were great. Um, it's just what floats your boats, and and, that, and that's what I liked about it too. Is they're different. They're not all the same. And uh, it was, uh, I thought it was a great show. And we have Marvin B for 199 Theory with the Money in the Bank is turning into a joke. I can, we'll see if he ends up ever cashing it in. I think that'll help a lot of things. I kind of do like that idea that the Money in the Bank is this thing where they've been teasing it. This was a good spot for him to go in there and cash it. And if he have it, has it, it's one of those things. This past Wednesday at Dynamite, it might seem like a small thing, but it's really not. John Moxley takes a contract, a golden ticket for his world title, puts it in the middle of the ring. One guy who nobody's ever seen on TV comes out to take it. We don't see a mob of wrestlers going in there. To, you know, we're hearing about all these backstage problems. Why don't you fight your way on front of the camera to go for that title? And nobody did that, and that bothered me. So the fact that Austin Theory has this money in the bank, he sees a golden opportunity and tries to take it, that doesn't bother me. That actually makes him seem kind of smart. Didn't work out for him, but. Yeah, but he's been made a joke of twice now. At SummerSlam, yeah. he tried to cash in too when he got his ass beat, and now he just took a punch. So it's just like, at this point, just stay back. Honestly, if you're Austin Theory, why would you cash in while Roman Reigns is champ? You're just a failed walking cash in. But that being said, at this point, he needs to just chill until it's going to be a more serious cash in. I thought Austin was uh, great in that promo with Johnny Gargano uh, this mm -hmm. past Monday on Raw. I thought it was a funny spot during, uh, you know, tonight with, with Tyson Fury. It didn't make him look weak, though. But it's not one of those permanent kind of things. Like, they yeah. can easily change that. So it do wasn't you think like... he cashes in? What's that? Do you think he successfully cashes in when it's time? No. I don't. Yeah. It's hard to see it. We'll see. But Unless he drops the, the briefcase, but I'm tired of that storyline, too. They've done it a little too much recently <laughs> with the miss. Sorry. <laughs> Roman, what's going on? I was thinking that SummerSlam would have been a because you had the last man standing step. Mm -hmm. And if you had it where uh, Roman and Brock knocked each other out and then Austin just ran in and just stood there for the yeah. 10 count, uh, uh -huh. that would have been a good way to do it without hurting uh, Roman or Brock. But uh, oh, nice. I, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see Austin successfully cashing in. I will say this he still has plenty of time. If he is to cash it in, he would benefit from an edge run where he had it for close to a year where it's a year from now, I could see them heating up to the point where whoever's champion, you could see him beating them. But if he does cash in, it has to, I think, be down the road where they really build him up. Yeah. Let's talk some let's talk some here. Just imagine being Austin Theory. You're holding this briefcase and you're looking one way, you have Roman Reigns. You're looking over here, you have Gunther. You're looking over here, you have Bobby Lashley. It's like I would I would have not even fought to get that briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you look at Austin and he's got, you know, he's got a good physique and everything. Um, you can Make him more credible. 
I don't think it, it would be hard to do. You just got to, at some point, you got to give him more of an edge. Yeah. So Stephen Mar- Marchicouli says uh, 199 Cross versus Reigns at Survivor Series. That's interesting. What do you think? I don't. I don't see that happening. I f- well, we'll see if by Survivor Series, Cross is done with Drew. I've always talked to you guys on Friday nights that I feel like Cross is after Drew. He'll get to Roman. I feel like he'll come for Roman eventually. But right now, he is after Drew McIntyre. And yes, my dog wants to be acknowledged 24-7. Yes. And plus, they're still doing the brand versus brand gimmick. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so it would be Roman. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you do. Because now well, you, you can technically do... Roman versus Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, if we're doing the brand thing, I think it's a Raw guy. Uh, but they usually do champion versus champion. But since they do, and I could see Roman versus Kevin Owens. Roman fights himself as Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah, how about <laughs> that? <laughs> Issa would like I'll that, pay. I'm sure. I'll pay some money for that. <laughs> do you guys think the bloodline will turn on Sami Zayn now that yes. Solo is there? And Kevin Owens come have Sami Zayn's storyline. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's yes. where we're going. Oh, I sure. love it, too. I love that story. Yeah, KO I, and Zayn versus Yusuf. I think that might be when the Usos drop the titles, possibly. Me too. Me too. I, I think Owens feuds with Reigns first, and then you can do the uh, Usos against Owens and Sami Zayn. But uh, the only reason I don't want that to happen yet is because these Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn segments have been freaking gold. Yeah. And they are so good uh, playing off each other that I, I, I want to see more of it. But I definitely think that's where it's that's where it's headed. Yeah, we could take our time and we could stretch this out because they are amazing together. And so yeah. get juice out of that and then you have them turn. Lewis <laughs> Kelly for two pounds. First time watching live. Always listen the day after. Well, welcome, Lewis. I hope you're enjoying us. Thank you, Lewis. Solo Sokoa Saturday. Antoine, fair friend of the show, $5. Roman is the best physical storyteller in the world, period. That's another good way Agreed. to say it. And I completely agree with you, Raj. I feel yeah. like Roman Wayne gets the whole package from character to storyline to match. And when I say character, I mean a guy who's got very nuanced parts about his character that are consistent. And what I mean by that is he's good at manipulating people. He was he manipulated Jimmy Uso into joining the bloodline when he came out with those nobody's bitch t-shirts. Now he's falling in line. He's doing the same thing with Sami Zayn right now, where now he needs a friend in Sami Zayn because his best friend's over there. So he needs his best friend to get some intel and he's doing the same manipulative join me loyalty type gimmick. So he's really consistent with that. And then you get him in a live crowd and he knows how to do the little things to make a big match work. Yeah. He's, you know, again, when I look at, like you look at Seth Rollins, when he does the over the top laughing, it it comes across as someone playing a character acting. Whereas Roman comes across as, you know, Roman Reigns, other guys, there's, you know, CM Punk, there's, there's a bunch of guys that when you, when they're cutting a promo, they don't feel like they're playing a character. They feel like that's who they are. And Roman is, uh, He's just one of the best at it. Yeah, and add a little bit of the it factor. Like when you see Roman Reigns airport test or you showing a picture of him to somebody that doesn't watch wrestling, he people will ask who is that every single time. And that and that is very, very necessary. And you see some guys that, you know, are super tall, super strong, and they still don't happen to have that it factor. Roman has it. Oh yeah. And our final super chat. Jared Wilson for 449. Sheamus has been criminally underrated for years. And Reworker doesn't get the credit he deserves. Sounds like Sheamus is getting a lot of his flowers today. And even on this show, and on this show of us talking him up, and even on Clash of the Castle, I think this is a good night for Sheamus. Because I absolutely do agree with that. I think it's because they pushed him too hard out the gate. 
So once a guy kind of comes down from that, you see him at a certain level. But I think he's great. I think he's an underrated Hall of Fame type caliber. Yeah, but being pushed the right way in the last few months, I would have not been mad if Sheamus was in Drew McIntyre's spot tonight. And Sheamus and, and, and Roman Reigns have a crazy story. Think about it. Sheamus beat. He cashed in on Roman, beat him when he won his first WWE title. Like, I, I wouldn't know. Because if it's like, let's say, there's a couple of throwaway matches with Roman Reigns, right, just to keep the rain going. I would not mind to see Sheamus in that spot tonight. Yeah, knowing what I know now about this reaction, me too. Well, go ahead, uh, Raj. Real quick from Kelvin, he says uh, Roman is the best because he does all the little things well, which I agree with. Yeah, no, no, he's a uh, he, he's got it all figured out. He's he's on another level right now. He's he's been great. Who do you think won the show? Like, who do you think benefited the most um, from this show? Hmm. Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> Uh, mm, I could see that, like as far as where they walked in and where they're where where they're leaving yeah. that that elevation. I I could see that. It's fair. I I'm gonna say well Roman, but he don't need to win anymore. So I'll switch it up and say the Judgment Day. I really enjoyed the Judgment Day here. They didn't even win, but like Alfred said earlier, post Triple H era, the Judgment Day has felt differently, and I just really enjoyed their work on their match today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Solo Sokoa's debut is going to be another talking point coming out of this. But again, for a show that I just thought was so historic and the crowd delivered, and they delivered on making this scene like it was a big deal. In the grand yeah. scheme of things, this will not be a memorable show. I'd say I Gunther always... is, would be my pick. I feel like he oh, kind of came across as like, I will uh, say, I would love to go. Picture now. I'd love to go with you there, but he did not come off as a star to this crowd, which is a big shocker to me in terms of them cheering. Eventually, as they're ringing Henry and all that, I think they were catering toward a response, but those people a thousand percent wanted Sheamus to win. And even though Gunther did, I'll always remember this as a match that Sheamus lost than the match that Gunther won and become a bigger star. Hmm. Yeah. And um, I, I, I also just wanted to add that a lot of people are talking about all these like Roman Reigns, uh, it needs to end, like his reign, we need a champion <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. And it's just like, why? Monday Night Raw is doing the best ratings it's done in what, years? <laughs> Without a champion on TV? Why would you want to push that button now when it's obviously not necessary? It's not a matter of having a champion there. It's a matter of booking your talent the right way. So just throwing it out there, it's like, no, Raw is doing great. SmackDown's doing great. Why? What, what's the issue here? My criticism, my, the only thing I'd say to that is I would like to see Roman on Raw more often uh, and not just SmackDown, but you, it's an actual, you know, that's a great point. Like Raw is doing their best numbers that they've done. And I think, I think they should unify all the titles. I think the women's titles should be unified. I just think, feel like it feels way more important when you got one yeah. belt and, and the champions yeah. go back and forth between the shows as opposed to two champions and you know it just waters it down like the tag titles uh yeah. it just felt uh but it, it, instead you had uh instead of having one set of titles that feels important you had two sets of titles that didn't feel important which would you rather have yeah and allow me allow me to remind you that because you know i don't suffer from short-term memory like alfred said this was not roman's idea roman's always considered the wwe title a secondary title he said it in his promos this was brock lesnar the one who wanted to fight roman and unify the title roman never went after that title he always made it feel like a secondary title and the universal championship was the best title for a year he won it because brock lesnar did that not because he was after it 
Well, I think that I don't think that's what WWE wants you to think about there. But that's that's, that's what Roman wants you to think. <laughs> but I agree that the ratings have been good in terms of now. I would love to have Roman Reigns or any WWE champion go back and forth and whether it's defending the title on TV or whatnot, I think a show could benefit. But I think Raw has done, and this is something that people suggest that they didn't do in the Vince McMahon era. They've taken that US title and made it the de facto world championship. Bobby Lashley, again, we talked about those crowd reactions he's been getting. He's a US champion. They've been doing video packages. They've been having title matches. So in Roman Reigns' absence, Bobby Lashley does feel like a world champion. And they've done a good job elevating that title in place of the world title. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he needs a hot feud right now too. I think Lashley, but yeah, yeah, he, absolutely. They needed to do some. It was funny because he's running around with that WWE title, and since then hasn't even said the champion's name. He's just challenged for that US title. But uh, well, you know, the problem, you know, Lashley. one thing with Lashley, he never really lost the title. He mm-hmm. has a claim to a world title rematch. He was taken out of that elimination chamber match without ever getting pinned or beaten, and uh, right. he's, he and he beat Brock. So there's a lot more you could be doing with Lashley right now, in my opinion. And finally, Jared Wilson again. He says for 179, that DM Dominic Mysterio clothesline on Ray was sick. Speaking of DMs, I've got to check mine. I'm sure I have one or two of them. Uh, as do you guys, uh, seeing uh, how you know the social media world works. This has been a fun chat. I had fun talking about this show. Uh, we ha- have a lot of directions that we could go that hopefully they do take. But uh, at the Raj Giri, he's the founder. He's and I'm, I'm Raj. glad we he changed your mind, him. and now you agree that Roman should have won. I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but at, at some <laughs> at some point, I'm still waiting for. Yes, Isa, you were right. You know, just, no, that would be good enough for Isa. me. I'm gonna a look at look at Isa. that super chat. Look at that super chat that go. came through just now. I'm gonna acknowledge Isa, but I didn't hear the English accent, so I'm a little uh, disappointed that we didn't <laughs> telling out the Indubitably. English. I know. Intuitively, <laughs> Issa was right. Leonza Duncan, been a fun show. She is at NYC Demon Diva with a one on Twitter and her NYC Demon Diva reactions. Go look at her reactions to Roman Reigns going over again at Clash at the Castle. So that was a doozy. Uh, you guys have a great time, and we will see you right back here tomorrow for AEW All Out. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.